0: get my get my frog out of my throat. <clears> throat> Welcome to Labrise Rise 2.0. And uh, today I'm here with Dr. Skinner who's the director at
1: Aof Recovery. Welcome, Hi, Hello. What are we supposed to say here?
0: Yeah, something like that. And um, this is Jenny, Jenny Gessel. I am a therapist, intern, a therapist in training down in uh, Arizona, in Chandler, Arizona. And um, today we're going to talk to you about something that is pretty common um, in the recovery process for couples who have um, struggled with uh, intimate deception or intimate betrayal. And that is the disclosure. So, Dr. Skinner, why don't you tell us a little bit about what a disclosure is, and what do we need to do to prepare to get there?
1: Uh, Let's start off by saying that most people do it really poorly. I've heard this. Uh, Tell me about that. Well, let's start off by the discovery process, what we refer to as Mm D-Day. So, The day -Day, day
0: you discover the crap in your life.
1: The day you discover so what are the options in discovery? I lie to you, flat out deny it. Mm-hmm. I can blame you. Mm-hmm. Minimize. I can minimize, deceive you. Mm-hmm. So I can tell a partial truth. Mm-hmm. Might sound something like I did not have sex with that woman. Mm-hmm. Now again, <laughs> leave the political stuff out of it, but, but, but still that's an example.
0: Give
1: me uh, a second. Uh, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Pardon me on that one, but but the concept is is that I minimize it or I tell you a partial truth. I might not have had sex with her, sexual intercourse, but mm-hmm. maybe it was oral sex. Okay, mm-hmm. so so I, I'm not trying to, but the reality is that minimization, denial, um, that, that those are common responses. The other side of that Exclaiming. is for mm-hmm. people to just throw it up. And they mm, just give all the, all, out. all the information from head to toe. This is the history. This is it. And, and, and quite frankly, they're not even maybe even prepared for that, but they just throw it out there. And they say, well, what do you mean? I did disclose. I told you everything. And that, then it comes out that they didn't include a few other things. Like it was five prostitutes, not two. It was three affairs rather than one. And so I told you about this affair is the considered truth. And so the purpose of a disclosure done properly is to get the whole truth on the table so we can have an honest, frank conversation about the reality of what has been happening. No minimization, no deception, no lies, just the flat out truth. Now, for many people, they're surprised. Why, why does that really matter? I mean, we, we already talked about it, right? Well, one of the things that in the research they found is that when couples talk about and they disclose, they actually report that it's a better outcome for the relationship. Uh, There's some original work done by Peggy Vaughn, and Peggy found that roughly uh, out of a thousand couples where infidelity had occurred that if you put them into buckets, Three different buckets of a a 1,000 people into three different buckets. One is we don't talk a lot about it. One is kind of in the middle. And the other is we talked about the details. We talked about the information and and really what we would call a disclosure. The truth. Real honest,
0: real transparent.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So three buckets. Now, those who did not talk about it, how many ever of that 1,000 fit in that bucket, 55% of them were still married. Of those who talked about the intimate details, the, the gunky details, whatever you want to call that, 86% of them were still married, which is a 31% increase that you're going to be married by giving out the information. Talking That's about pretty the, significant. It, well, when you talk of statistics, the statistical significance of that is off the charts. Off the charts. So, so a disclosure isn't just a cute idea. A disclosure done properly. And, and then Jennifer Schneider, who's written books on this, she, uh, in her research, over 90% of the couples who actually did a disclosure report that they are glad that they did.
0: 90% so, you
1: said? Over 90%.
0: Over 90% report, we're glad that we did the disclosure.
1: Even and 86%
0: started? report, we're still married, we're still here.
1: Yeah. So, So those are different studies, but the concept is If you want to increase the likelihood of working together, staying together, then we're going to work on a disclosure. Now, if you,
0: I want to kind of, I want to really emphasize that piece because it seems like, right, we come into the office, our whole life is blown apart. You know, what do we want? Our common goal is often repair the wounds, the hurts, the marriage, the relationship. But how do we get there? And you're saying, talking about it, opening this disclosure up is key.
1: Yeah. So so I, I would even back up even further than that, though. And, and here's why. Um, okay. I don't want to assume that the two parties are on the same page. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I'm still acting out, a disclosure is it's not finished because there's still more information that's going to be continuing. For example, if I'm in the middle of an affair... And I'm trying to do a disclosure. I'm not ready to mm-hmm. do a disclosure because I'm still in the middle of an affair. We need some sobriety there. So, so there, there is that element of commitment to working on the marriage and to a mutual goal towards whatever that fidelity or faithfulness is going to be. So again, we don't want to assume that we've got two people on the same page. For I'll go on another example. If there is going to be a pending divorce, Right, if one partner is done and they're gonna file for divorce, a disclosure is also not a good idea. Mm. So so pending divorce, we're filing for divorce, or one person is still acting out, in that context, the disclosure is not going to be effective because we are not in a position where we're even really trying to work on the relationship.
0: So the real basis of this is reuni- you know, reuniting, repairing. Rebuilding the relationship. If there's any caveats, like you're saying, a pending divorce, someone's totally done, someone's still acting out.
1: I would add to that. I would add to that current uh, abuse, domestic violence. Yes. And, and it would, would be also a reason, um, because it is not the the coupleship. We're not doing couples repair yet. We're we're trying to help uh, create a safe environment. If, if it's, so,
0: Okay, so this is really important for our listeners, I think, because it's very important to prepare and be ready for this disclosure in the right, safe, proper way. And to have a guide or a therapist that knows and understands these things. So when you go out there and you're talking to your therapist and you're thinking about a disclosure, I just want to say this to our listeners, you know, go through this checklist with them. Make sure you're safe. Make sure you have what you need. Make sure that a disclosure is the right thing for you guys
1: right and 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 again this isn't i don't we can't overlook this because if if I just automatically assume that we're going to come to couples counseling and we're going to start working on repair, we don't know that two people are committed to the repair yet and, and so a disclosure is for a couple who have both said we are in we want to repair we want to work on this now that does not mean that I'm going to stay married the disclosure information may be a deal breaker it may be information right. that tips the it's like. I can't do That's this it. anymore. I, mm-hmm. Now, but 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 up to that point, we're basing our uh, the reason why we're doing this disclosure on attempt at repair. Now, what's interesting is the research again shows that those who talk about the details are more likely to stay together. Hmm. So,
0: wanna, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Did you have something else to say? No, go ahead. I was just thinking. Um, this is I, I like what we're talking about here. The preparation. Um, The purpose is when there are two committed parties to the relationship. So kind of, you know, assessing for that, um, seeing where we are with that. And then you, you bring up the idea about um, The information and you also bring up the idea about, um, you know, um, It could be a deal breaker. And you also bring up the idea that if we talk about the details, we're more likely to be successful repairing the relationship. So people, women that I've worked with in the past have have often wanted to know, and even um, couples, they want to know, you know, how many questions or what kind of questions are too much to ask? What are the guidelines with questioning, answer giving, the aftercare, all of that
1: stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm going to tell you that there's not a set answer. Dang it and, 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 and well <laughs> uh, we'll get as, we'll get as close as we can but um, what is c- relevant for one situation may not be relevant for another couple situation mm, so of course yeah. Uh, let me let me give you an example I was talking with an individual who was dealing with um, early childhood sexual abuse he was abused and it, it was it, it kind of with the same gender right so so I mean, it was kind of sticky. Yeah. And in that context, part of his disclosure was revealing to his wife that he'd been abused, that mm-hmm. he had had this experience. Mm-hmm. Now, some people may say, I've already talked about that. Other people, they haven't talked about it, and it's completely shocking to the spouse. And so in, in, in context like this, when we do a thorough formal disclosure, we do a whole sexual history. In other words, we're doing the full sexual history. So, so we we understand now there are some cases there where, say, for example, some abusive that has been talked about maybe at a what I call the 20,000 foot view, but not the graphic details. So there are some details of say an affair um, that that's too much information. I don't, you don't need some of these memories indelibly imprinted upon your mind because it was so graphic. So I don't need to know things like positions. I need to know you were at the hotel and you had five affairs. So the ten or twenty thousand foot view. I don't need to know all the details of that because if you jump off that cliff, if you have that in your mind, it's 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 Mm -hmm. it's imprinted upon there. And and the higher level is what the research has consistently found that over time couples are more likely to work through it. Not that they they're lying. It's just the truth in the hotel, had an affair, but some of the those gucky details, gory details can be over overwhelming to the relationship.
0: They are. It's true. I think and it's hard because I think a lot of people think I do need to know all the details so that I can stop my brain from going to the worst case scenario. Or you know, or maybe I don't want to know anything about it. And so then they have end up having all these unanswered questions.
1: Right. And and truthfully the person who has had the affair or cheated or whatever the sexual behavior is they also need to make amends Mm -hmm. and part of a disclosure is is the attempt is to make an amends by speaking the truth about the behaviors and when that's done properly that effort at making amends brings a new foundation to the relationship because there are no more secrets there are no more hidden details and And again, that is a foundation for rebuilding trust. It's not, it's not, trust can begin there, but it needs to be continually built upon. But the purpose of a disclosure is to get the truth out, get us on the same plane, and then ultimately a recommitment to what we're trying to do in this marriage, what we want it to be like.
0: I I like the way you've kind of framed all of that. So, you know, we want to make sure we're, we're both committed to the repair of the marriage. We want to uh, come from a kind of more of like a bird's eye view of everything that's happened instead of going into those gory details. We want to um, use this as a building block, a foundational building block to repairing trust in the relationship.
1: That's right. Yeah. Right. Now uh, I can, I mean, I can go on because this, I mean, there's a lot of complexity to this. There's not a way to do this. Um, But what I do know is that certified sexual addiction therapists are trained in how to do this. And, and we have, we, I mean, we have forms that people complete and we also go through it with a client before we would ever just have them come into our office. So we go through it make sure that there's no blaming, no minimizing, right? All of those things are are essential. Because if, if, if in that disclosure, there is minimizing some blaming then, then that does not work. So there are some therapists who actually, and this is interesting, at least for me, there's some therapists who won't do a disclosure until a polygraph or an eye detect has been completed because they want to make sure that the complete truth is in that disclosure. Cause now we don't want to
0: have what's called trickle truth, right?
1: Yeah. You don't want to trickle, it, on
0: trickle it out. On the, especially in the disclosure, the disclosure is the time to, get the dump truck, have it all, have it legit, have it be real.
1: Right. Because here's the thing. If we're going to spend that much time and effort and sometimes a disclosure can take weeks or months. And some people say, well, why can't you just rush through it? If you rush through it, you are more likely to get a trickle down or a, what we call a staggered disclosure and Mm -hmm. staggered disclosures. What else is, what else haven't you told me? It's, what else it's is
0: more there? damaging and painful yeah, it,
1: and yeah, trust is
0: destroying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, this, wanna, you go ahead.
1: No, I just say we want to avoid that.
0: Um, we do. And and I'm just thinking this is very complex. Um, and, and you're right. There is, you know, I could see how there's could be a very damaging way that this could be done. And there could be a very healthy trust building way that this can be done cuz it's scary for all parties involved in this kind of process. And I'm wondering just as we wrap up here what are some main things you would say to avoid or to be watchful for in this process.
1: Well, um don't half bake it. It has to be it has to be done thoroughly and complete which means that you sometimes have to slow down the process. Some people are so Um, They want the information so bad that they push and push and push for a disclosure when if they could slow down, then the person who has acted out does a more thorough and a complete job. So so that's one. Number two is sometimes couples get so intent on wanting the information that they just go do it on their own. And and, and there's a potential problem for there because when we do a disclosure in our offices, we talk with couples, you're going to want to drive separate cars. You might not be sleeping in the same bed that night. You might consider a separation for a temporary period of time if, if, if the information is so overwhelming because it's not a good idea to be consistently in the same environment after a disclosure, depending on the nature and how much. And, and again, I'm not trying to trigger fear into people, but I'm simply saying these are all questions. That be, these are questions that should be thought through. Do you have emotional support after the disclosure? Do you mm-hmm. have someone to talk to? Are you going to be going home by yourself are, are right i mean are you at risk for old returning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and so to do it on their own is 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 really risky if they're not emotionally prepared mm-hmm. so we the biggest mistake is people push 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 they do it by themselves and then it's half baked it's not prepared there's emotional disconnect they both get flooded they fight they disc a major disconnect major blow up and and if it's done in the right format the information is still painful, but it's thorough, it's open, and it's in an environment that is monitored by a, a therapist who can help with emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. So th- that's just step one. I mean, in a, in, a, I mean, there are other steps to a formal disclosure of what comes afterwards, and we can talk about that at another time.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably what we'll do. So maybe we'll, we'll continue this discussion next time and we'll talk a little bit more about what's next in the disclosure. And um, I know we talked about an email because people are asking questions sometimes. So I oh. want to offer that. Let's see if we have one.
1: Yes, <laughs> we do actually. It's um, hello at bloomforwomen.com. Very
0: good. So if you've got questions, if this blows your mind, if you have things that you wonder about, we want to try to address these these general things that most people who go through this healing process come up against. And so send those to us. We want to be able to have that open dialogue. And um, again, Dr. Skinner. Oh,
1: yeah. Hello at bloomforwomen.com.
0: Yeah, H-E-L-L-O.
1: Hello at bloomforwomen.com.
0: I'll say it too, because it's uh, easy to blow over those emails. Um, You know, this was a really good discussion. um, A lot of good starting information for anyone who's thinking about the disclosure process or even starting it already in their own process. So I appreciate your time, your information. um, And we'll talk more about this next time. Sounds great. All right. Thank you all for being here. Love Rice 2.0. Okay, that's it. Good job.